Yeah, well, trust me, no one else is going to say that in the company, but I will. I love you and I know you and I've seen you grow. No, but if you're looking to fast track and get promoted at Postlight, you need to come and say that to me. I was a junior engineer until two weeks yeah. ago and I'm the CEO. <laughs> Hi, Paul. How are you? So I was thinking about things we could talk about. And you've got a good subject, an actual interesting subject we should jump on. But I want to throw us a curveball. I was thinking, you know, we should, you always want to talk about something current. I was looking at tech meme and which, do people know tech meme, do you think? Do you think we need to explain what tech meme is? We probably should explain what tech meme is, but I bet a lot of our listeners know what it is. It's always good to explain things. It's it's sort of a river of news website about technology. Yes. Uh, and it, it links to all the tweets and it links. So it's a very easy way to see what the big stories are that people are talking about, which, you know, kind of collect in this world. Yeah. They have one for politics, which I think was the original, which is Mimeo Random. Yeah. Mimeo Random. That's right. So there's Mimeo Random for politics, Media Gazer for media news, and We Smirch, which is a hell of a name. And Tech Meme. You know, we're not going down that path, but just like tech meme. I mean, it's just part of the world. It's part of the landscape. And so I was looking and, you know, it's here's the news on tech meme. Facebook, Facebook, Google, Google, Apple, Apple, Facebook. Like, and that's real. That's good. Good for them. But there's this little box that it's like, who's hiring in tech? Yes. And I thought what I would do is I'm going to throw you a couple job titles and I want you to tell me what they do. Okay. I'm, I'm down. Okay. Principal cybersecurity architect. Okay, you are responsible for... Oh, wait, and actually, let me qualify it. Healthcare, related to healthcare. So this this opens up, a, that, that raises the bar a bit there. You're responsible for protecting the infrastructure, the environments, and most importantly, the data, oftentimes patient data, from malicious actors that are outside of, let's call it your network or you know whatever your digital walls are that protect that infrastructure and data. So cybersecurity is essentially, are you fortified enough? Are you aware of the kinds of threats that are out there? And there are services, by the way, that all day long, they just report new threats. You're a security expert. It's not that different than being the head of security for an office building. That's for page.ai, which is a they're using machine learning around cancer diagnoses. Okay. So that's the, the healthcare angle. Their description is implement a security roadmap, remediate security issues, analyze the security of applications and services, and implement security automation. So yeah, you're dead on. Yeah. All right, let, let's start you one or two more. I mean, this is related, so I'm just going to say it because it's silly to me, but it's a real job. Uh, DevSecOps engineer. All right. I'm going to take a crack at this. I'll take a crack at it. This is... Oh, it's too much. Oh, wait. No, so D, S, and O are capitalized? God, it's a company... Oh, that's about car ownership. We use the power of technology to reframe used car ownership. Look, we could have our own podcast. I feel like DevOps... Around DevOps... What is DevOps? And, and well, it's progeny. Someone, like, it's, it's a lot. DevOps is what you need when you do microservices. You can't... Yeah. No, not to be mocking, because there is true expertise and true skills around that I'm stuff. not mocking DevOps. I'm not at all. It's just like, now it's DevSecOps, because the, the sec is for security. You know, leave the light on. You know what I, how I think, what I think of when I think of DevOps? There was a day when your local environment was the whole story, that... 
The only way you're going to get to work and be productive is if you effectively somehow under your desk replicated the environment that is live in the world. And, you know, as things became abstracted out and moved out from under your desk and into the world, things got better in many ways because you were able to spin up incredible amounts of power very, very quickly, but they got worse in other ways. And the ways they got worse is that people who were opportunistic capitalized on this shift and created boxes inside of boxes inside of boxes, which spawned its own skill set just to maintain them all. That's not just cloud services. That's a lot of the concepts around Dockerization and all that. Just all that whole world now needs a whole new set of experts. So DevOps, it's software development and operations, right? And so what happened is like everyone decided they didn't really need sysadmins. They didn't need systems administrators because the servers would kind of run themselves. And then one day, everything got big and complicated and they went, oh my God, we need sysadmins. But they'd already said that sysadmins that wasn't cool anymore. And so now you need a whole new thing. And, you know, then there's all this new architecture and people are like, no, it's not systems administration, it's DevOps, but it's systems administration. Yeah. Uh, DevSecOps, I, I, I mean, you stuck a sec in there, so I'm going to assume. I, listen, I, I didn't stick that sec in there. No. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's around fortifying the environments that where a lot of the building happens. Yeah. Does that sound right? I mean, here we got, they report to the director of technical operations, and it's an experienced and knowledgeable engineer in the tech ops organization in the areas of cloud infrastructure, monitoring and site reliability, yeah. developer workflows, et cetera. So yeah, you, you got it. Okay. Now, okay, so that was for shift. These all seem like fine places to work. They're just big and they have a lot of job titles. Uh -huh. Are you ready? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Happiness engineer. Don't do this to me. <laughs> It's for WordPress, too. I'm not even going to like, I'm going to go right in there. It's for WordPress. Okay. So happiness engineer, you know, you can go one of two ways here. Either they're building a new product called happiness. <laughs> that's a plug-in that. for WordPress. No, that's, your, that's what you wish that's what in I this wish. conversation. I'm I guessing this is someone that's thinking about the culture and the <laughs> happiness of everyone at WordPress. I mean, I hope so, right? So read, read this to me. This is devastating. Okay. As a happiness engineer, you love helping people as opposed to all the other people who work there. Just who selfish just and self-centered. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Transforming publishing on the web is no small task. Our goal is to build relationships based on trust, which result in happy, passionate, loyal customers and colleagues. We do this through listening to their needs and guiding them to the fullest use of the products we offer. We are looking for people with the right mix of compassion, writing skills, and technical knowledge to get the job done. So on a typical day, you might be providing support, doing screen share sessions, helping people use automatics products, troubleshooting, investigating, creating bug reports, Building a community of support by sharing knowledge and helping team members around the world. Okay. The, the role sounds legit. It's the title is devastating. The title's not for you. Well, it's not even for me. Like, do you really, I mean, who wants that title? Take me down the career path. Like, I got promoted from happiness engineer into what? This is what's critical. And you just nailed something that's special about roles like this. Is It's almost like the interdisciplinary studies degree in your liberal arts college, which if you're someone who's a little all over the place like me, looks really attractive. And then no one actually gets a job with that degree, right? Yeah. So it, there's always that risk where your title, you know, you're not a support consultant, you're not a support engineer, you're a happiness engineer. You know who has kind of a, a culture like this? Anyone that's like, it's really about the experience around the brand. 
right? Like I think that's, that's right. you know, so when you said happiness engineer, I was thinking someone was worried about the employees within the company, but it sounds like what you're talking about are partners of WordPress, I think. This is a support person. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Um, you know, here's who I'm going to blame and I'm going to rant on about this for just one minute, okay? I hate executive coaches so much. I hate them so much. It's so not for you. Here's my problem. You're right. Maybe this is about me. I know there are people who have grown with the help of executive coaches. I know that's real. I guess I'm very, very stubborn. I just don't like to be sold to. And I feel like I'm being sold to even after I signed you up. And so it doesn't work for me. But I, I see its value. I get it. Because I've, I've experienced the growth of a business. And I understand. I've seen the pain through my own experience and also through other partners and other leaders who have had to mature as the business has grown. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But I hate them. I mean, you're my executive coach. For real. Oh, shucks. You're pretty good at it. I'm actually I'm actually pretty good at the communication part. I'm actually good at a lot of parts of Every it. Every now and then I leave one of our sessions just like limping and crawling on the ground because <laughs> oh, I've received such helpful feedback. <laughs> no, no. You know what's funny about this for listeners is that Richard's one of your best friends in the world, probably one of the most successful entrepreneurs we know, one of the most more kind of like straight, arrow, conservative human beings that, that we work with, absolutely swears by executive coaching, lives by it. It's critical to his success as, and it helps him be vulnerable and, and to connect to his employees. You know what it is? I think what executive coaches do is they're outside of the org structure. Like I know I have pretty severe flaws. Everyone has them, right? And the truth is I don't hear a lot about them. I'm at the top of the company, right? So I, nobody's going to come sit you down. It's like, you know what? You are just, you, you know that meeting we were just in? You are the worst. <laughs> that was just terrible. Everybody felt no, like they, garbage. People absolutely, ha they have that conversation. They do. I'm just not there. Just, right? just not with you. Yeah, just not with, not with me either, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and to, to be clear, neither Paul nor I are horrible monsters. You should come work at Postlight. We're hiring. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's tricky is that basically your good qualities and your bad qualities scale in a kind of linear way with your power and authority. Like it's not, Yeah, this is the horrible part of leadership is that I'm still the same person I was 20 years ago. You know, it's just like, yeah. it is hard because it's like, you can't, I would like, I'd love to wave a wand and be a certain way sometimes. No, I'm going to be me. You too. If you said to me, give me your five weaknesses, I could, I could ramble them off. That's not a problem. I don't have a problem with Yours that. or mine. I know you know mine. We talk about it almost yeah, every I mean, day. You've crossed five as a number, but but yeah, I, I mean, I crossed five in the first five no, minutes. But you, you've also given me feedback as well. I mean, it, it's it is. Oh hell yeah! But yes, I give you. Look, here's the thing: I have been a business operator for many years. You're five years in. You are a writer, which is the equivalent of sitting in an inflatable pool for 25 years, right? Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> wait, in, in no, the, no, 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 but no, in I the know. context. No, of it like, is like, wow, look at that. That dog can talk. Credit, it is. No, it's real. Credit to you, Paul Ford. You said, oh, let's see what this is all about. And you just took the hardest of hard right turns. So total credit to you. I mean, the truth is you're supposed to go be an editor. No, I know. Who would have expected this to work out and be hurtling towards 100 people? Like, I mean, who would expect that with a writer in, in like in this position? It's just no one expected it. You know, it turns out we're kind of it's not an accident that this happened. And it's not just us, for God's sake. It's this whole company. Everybody worked really hard. It is. But the vision behind it is very much was on the wavelength of how you and I thought about tech. And that's why we did it. Right. It grows out of our friendship and our respect for the industry and for, for and technology love for into it itself. And solving that's big real. problems. Yes, that's that's right. So, you know, here's, I guess, the point I was trying to make is that I know my five or eight, depending on how much you like or dislike me, flaws. <laughs> the thing is, that ship has sailed. 
It's I'm done. I know. I don't want to grow. I, like wait, no, wait, hold on. I take I it back. I take it back. I do want. No, to grow. I've seen I've seen grow. you grow enormously as a leader. There is stuff that on day one of this that's gone down a post light where you would have gone, "What the hell is this? I want nothing to do with it. Goodbye." And now you're like, okay, this is how we work. This is how we get it done. We talk to people. You're a different, more empathetic leader, absolutely, than when we started. So there is that, right? But it's more than this, though, right? Like it's, I'm going to say something that's going to be complicated for people to hear, which is, is that those qualities are absolutely key to our success. And more and more as a leader, so you and I are very much peers, and you have more experience running an agency than I do. I'm also the CEO of this firm. And sometimes I think to myself, where is Rich going to be the most aligned to bring the most growth to Postlight? Because that's my job, and that's actually how I take care of you. I think about not just you running everything and making it easier for me, but like where is the growth going to come from? And what I look at with you is those same things, because we know about them and talk about them, and you're, you're ambitious, man. When you get a, a, a bone in your mouth, it's very hard to get, that, get it out. And it's not driven by money. It's driven by the, just the sport of it, right? Like it's fun, and it's interesting. It is who you are, and no one who works at a relatively high level in this firm can disagree with this, right? It's like, it is absolutely critical to our success. There, we don't we don't have it without it. And I, I'm the boss here, not you know, not just on paper, but in lots of other ways. And like one of the big things for me growing up as a CEO is realizing my president has more experience than me and drives growth in a really, really specific way. My job as the CEO is to shape that and help and support him so that he can bring growth to the organization and we can give everybody nice like spot bonuses because we're in the middle of a pandemic and take care of people. Yeah, right? you like, know, that's... what you're saying is very, you're right. It is very confusing because CEOs don't take care of others. Like typically, I think the outside looking in perception of CEOs is that they are at the top right? They need to be taken care of. They've got a chief of staff. They've got an assistant. They've got all the things so they can think their thoughts, right? That's typically how it's That's right. But the reality is, I mean, look, I, I can't speak to the reality of going from 100 to 500 people. I can speak to the reality of going from 20 to 80, 100 people. The reality is, is that as you grow, you don't gain control. You lose control as you grow. Yeah. Right? And if you think you're going to go get that control, through sheer will and screaming in rooms, you're not gonna, it's not gonna go well. Some people can do it. And basically they make themselves ill by doing it. They stay on top of everything. They look at every number. They, they worry about everything. And they are a force of nature and everybody fears them. You know, for me, this role has been really interesting because I'm a soft power person. I like influence. I like to talk about things. I like to see what happens and I like to shape things. I don't like to tell people directly what to do. I've learned to do it, but it's just not my thing. And as I'm growing in the role and I'm working with you, the boss of a company that's growing is all soft power. I can't control things directly. And that used to really, I used to really feel ambiguous and confused about that. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, I can't control that. I can say how I think it could go. Yeah. And I can say, you know what I would do in your position? That's the limit of my power. And that's actually accepting that has been probably easier for me than for a lot of traditional CEOs just because of my wiring. It's a thing I deliver to the firm. Well, I mean, look, a lot of what makes Postlight successful is hard to put down on paper, actually. It's sort of a product of a collection of very soft, ambiguous things and the talent we built. I mean, the truth is we're good at the first conversation and the fifth to get you to sign the contract. But we've also very consciously and frankly, with a very hands-off approach, let this thing build itself. And it's just very high quality. This sounds like an ad, but that is really why we've thrived. 
then the good software goes into the marketplace. That's right. right? Like we just had a, a national media launch that went beautifully. Yes. Right? Just the Android and iOS and just like, here it is. Here is a whole new property in a whole new world. You and I didn't write a line of code. That's for sure. All right. So we went on this tangent, Paul. I'm glad we did. It's an interesting conversation. But Happiness Engineer is the product of a consulting firm that came in and told them oh, how to Oh, no, it. I doubt it. Oh. I bet that comes directly out. This is WordPress. WordPress has its own culture. It has its own things going on. Oh, no, there is no blame or finger pointing here. If you can increase happiness in the world, however way, and if that, in that includes responding to a ticket within an hour, we could use some happiness these days. No, of course. You know the word that I associate with happiness are WooCommerce. That's what I, when I think to myself happiness, the next thing that happens is I think WooCommerce. Let's close it out with one more. Hold on. I'm going to give you five. Ready? Go. Product designer revenue growth, product designer text experience, product designer wayfinding, product design manager adoption, product design manager design system. Okay. So I'm going to bucket the first four into their own category, what I call the drop down designer. Some products get so big that they're like, well, what do you do? Oh, I work at Spotify. Like, oh, that's really cool. You're a designer. You design Spotify. It's like, no, I designed the, <laughs> the queue, but not the queue on iOS. I designed the queue experience in Spotify for Android. That's because of just the sheer size and breadth of the work. So we're, we're talking about this is Asana. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and But the last one is the, is the most interesting, right? Which is a design system, right? Like product designer design system, which is essentially you are responsible for consistency across the building blocks that are going to make up the experience. This way it all still feels like one thing and doesn't feel stitched together. Well, that sort of feels like what creative directors used to be, right? Like now it's instead of walking around and giving advice, you're gonna build a framework that scales greater than your eyes can. This is like a style guide except for functionality. So it's like a functional style guide. I mean, having seen them and actually having, we've built them, you know, a lot of times what happens now is not only do you say, hey, here's how you should do it and here's where the logo goes, but you deliver a large set of actual components ready to go. So engineers with at least a little bit of eye are able to cut and paste apps together and they look pretty good. Yeah, it's actually, it's one of our kind of like secret weapons is that not only do we take this design system, which are these sort of smaller, sort of more discrete components that make up a whole experience, but we actually let the engineers think that way as well. So they were able to create these UI libraries uh, in some cases, very cool stuff. How'd I do, Paul? You did great. You'll guide the vision for the system foundations and tools that empower our product designers and engineers to build high-quality, well-designed software. For some reason, I just love doing this. I could look at job titles all day. Well, you know, it's an industry that spins up very specialized skills every five years. I mean, that's real. That that's right. That is real. And that's a fascinating thing. It just speaks to how dynamic it all is. I know we sound mocking and cynical as we go through these things, but it all comes from a place of love. I, I don't actually don't think we need to pitch Postlight, Paul. I feel like we talked enough about Postlight in this podcast. Absolutely. If you, I mean, hello at postlight.com is the email. Postlight.com is the website. Postlight is the company. And we're a good digital strategy partner. You know, one of the services we do offer quietly, like this isn't on the website, we'll help you write that job description. We do. We've done it in the past. Absolutely. It's kind of like we put everyone to work in, inside the firm for our clients, including our own HR. <laughs> we'll be like, hey, can you come over? Got a minute? <laughs>
I don't know. I, I feel you learn a lot about culture when you think to yourself, what is a happiness engineer and why is that happening right now in that company? Yeah. I think it's fun to think that through. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.